Hi everyone, I'm Eric Arnaud and this is Blank Cassette, the podcast that takes a close look at your mixes to get the stories behind the songs. This week, musician, instructor, and my friend, Jim Snedeker, shares with us a very important mixtape he received from, let's say, an extended family member when he was 12 years old. It taught him about heavy metal, and it also taught him about, well, family. Uh, Jim's one of the best guitar players I've ever met, and it was great to get to chat with him about part of the germination of his love of playing and what it's meant to his whole life. If you have a mix you'd like to have featured on Blank Cassette, just send an email to mixtape at nerdalogs.com with a track list and a brief description of why you made the thing, or why the thing was made for you, as it happens uh, for this episode. We would love to hear from you. And remember, Blank Cassette is a Nerdalogs production. We make all sorts of cool stuff, like other podcasts, live comedy shows, and even games. For more on the Nerdalogs, visit us at www.nerdalogs.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdalogs. If you really like us, you can check us out on Patreon and help support the continued creation of shows like this. Backers who give $5 or more per month have access to a bunch of cool extras, including some bonus interview bits from this very episode. This week, Jim talks about how Pantera affected his guitar playing, who he might call his favorite band, and whether any of the albums repped on this mix could be considered desert island discs for him. So this is a must for music nerds and musicians, of course. Uh, so if that's you, go on over to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash nerdalogs. And, uh, and we hope to see you there. Of course, either way, we greatly appreciate you listening to this show. So let's get to it. I'm Jim Snedeker Jr. The summer between 5th and 6th grade was the, the summer that my dad bought me a little cheap acoustic guitar. They finally took the chance on me begging them to get me a guitar. And I got one. And I played it all the time. I didn't really have a teacher or anything like that. But I loved it. And at that time I was into like Metallica was like the heaviest thing I listened to, but I wasn't into a lot of different stuff. I was only 11. And I'd always considered my dad to be my best friend, which is weird for kids, but I remember even in in grade school where they had like, draw a picture of your best friend and what they're doing, 
and I drew my dad, which was, it's kind of weird, because I even had a best friend that was an actual classmate at the time. And then one day, in the beginning of sixth grade, so like September, I'd had the guitar for a while. My dad picked me up from school, which was really weird, because other than some, like, some time where he was hurt at work, so he was off for a while, other than that, the only other time he had ever picked me up from school was when our dog died. So I knew something wasn't normal. I didn't know how bad it was, but something wasn't normal. He picked me up from school and we went to the mall. And then that night, I heard him and my mom fighting after we got home. And that night, he, he took me on a drive and he told me that I'm, I'm leaving your mom, thusly leaving you. And I sort of selfishly thought, like, okay, I understand how people cannot be in love and they don't want to be together, but... How could you leave me? Like, why would you want... You're, you're moving away? You're living in a different house? And it was bizarre. And it was a long drive, and he cried a lot, and I cried a lot. And he had told me that there's already another woman, and it starts to make sense. Like, okay, this is... It's not just he doesn't love my mom anymore. There's another person that's been around. Then all these weird shit that had been happening all summer started to make sense like the weird fishing trips with friends that he doesn't normally go on fishing trips with he wasn't really who he was going with but he told me like oh well, you're you're so into the guitar right now and and this woman that that I'm in love with now that I'm going to be living with her nephew plays guitar so he can like show you some things and I'm thinking this is a cheap shot like he was trying to spin it like, this might be a good thing, you know? And I'm picturing, like, some person a little bit older than me. Because this lady was, like, my mom's age, you know, for her nephew. And um, fast forward a little bit. I'd been handling it, I thought, on the surface pretty well that he left. I'd been really trying to get along with this new woman's family and everything. And Christmas time rolls around. I got an electric guitar. And this guy, her nephew, his name is Tony, he ended up being, like, this person that I really had a lot in common with. And his mom, as well, and his son. Tony's mom and son. They loved Star Wars. They He loved Metallica. He played the guitar. He wasn't, like, who I was picturing in my mind. I was picturing, like, some sort of hippie dude. You know, like, oh, I'll show you some Grateful Dead chords, man. He loved really cool music, and... He would just give me basically like free lessons for hours. You know, uh, New Year's Eve, we'd all be there. We'd, we'd do the dinner thing and the partying. And then he and I would just play guitar for four hours or something. Right? So that's how I got started. I remember he asked me, what kind of other music are you into other than Metallica? I'm like, nothing. I, that's it. It's just Metallica. So he made me a mixtape later that year. Let 
So this guy that I just met, that was under sort of no obligation to get along with me or have any interest in what I'm interested in, took this time out to make me a mixtape. Because one of the things he asked me was, oh, well, what about Megadeth? And I said, yeah, I've heard some Megadeth. I think I'm going to buy some albums, but but I don't know a lot. They had one song on the Last Action Hero soundtrack. And that was all I knew of Megadeth, but I liked that song. And he's like, well, what about Pantera? And I'm like, I don't know anything about them. And he was sort of taken aback. Like, he thought, oh, okay, I have an opening here. Like, I can shape this young mind. And and it was several months of, you know, I'd, I'd started listening to Megadeth. He'd give me more lessons during, and they weren't formal lessons. We would just be at a family party, and we would just jam for hours and hours, and he'd show me little things. And then one day, I went to my dad's like on a Wednesday or something, and he just had a tape for me. He's like, here, Tony made you this tape. And uh, I was like, wow, this is so cool. And I put it in, and the, the, there's two sides to the tape. But the one side is all Pantera. And that changed my life forever. It changed everything that I thought I liked about music. It changed the way I played guitar. I didn't even know it when I got it, but... I mean, it was huge, and he took the he wrote on the tape. I wish I still had the case. It was like the the expensive metal, you know, film tapes, you know, and and he had like written out number one, and then the name of the song, number two, name of the song, side A and B on the little card that comes with the tape. He 
just it was it was like meticulously made mixtape. And I got big time into Pantera from there. And Steve Vai, that was the first I'd ever heard Steve Vai and Joe Satriani. And it got me way deeper, hit, like, like hit the next level of guitar playing and where did I want to go with it? And like, where can you go with it? And it, it, it floored me. Real bad 
the tape is is five songs from Pantera's first album, five from their second album, and then there's five Alice in Chains songs, all from from the self-titled album. Anytime I hear any of these songs, which I hear them pretty frequently, like more than a couple times a year, because they're some of my favorite albums, I always think of the mixtape. Always, always, always. In a different sense, too, I only had this mixtape for a while. Like, I had... The, the, all I knew of Cowboys from Hell was the five, were the five songs f- from Cowboys that he put on this tape. So when I finally got the album like three months later or whatever, the other songs that didn't make it, I would over, like, I would totally overanalyze, why didn't these make the mixtape? Like, oh man, what does he not think is good enough in this song to put on the mixtape? Like, when you're new at something, such as guitar playing or whatever, and you sort of have a mentor... You, I, at least I do, I hyper-analyze things about, well, why did he show me this and not this? Why didn't he put this love on the, the vulgar display of power side? Because that's, like that's one of their fan classics, you know? And it what didn't make the cut. But it's because he wanted me to hear stuff like Rise and regular people that have this killer guitar parts. And I think he probably knew like a, a surface level scan of Pantera, I would never turn those songs up. And this is before, we're talking 1996. So there was no streaming sites. There was no YouTube. There was no way for me to find this stuff otherwise. But I still think of the mixtape every time I hear one of the songs from it. Every single time. And then I think about the mixtape when I hear the other songs. And I still think, hmm, I wonder, I wonder how much thought he put into this song doesn't make the cut. Like, I wonder if he had a ranking, you know? I think about that stuff.
The artists from the mixtape, uh, I believe there are only four. There's Pantera, Alice in Chains, Joe Satriani, and Steve Vai. And I got really big into all those artists. But I don't think he knew it at the time. I think I was more into Alice in Chains by the time he got me the mixtape than he was. Because I also had an older cousin that was was big into music and hard rock and he's my older cousin is who got me into metallica in the first place so sort of responsible for the guitar and all that shit but uh he was big into alice in chains so like i loved rooster and man in the box and none of that stuff i don't think he was as big into alice in chains at that moment as he as tony i'm talking about as he ended up being because I thought to myself, well, if I'm introducing someone to Alice in Chains, I'm not just picking five songs from their newest album. You know, you're getting Rooster, you're getting Wood, you're getting Man in the Box, or, you know, Bleed the Freak, like some deeper cuts. And and this led me to believe, like, he might just only have that album. So I was already into Alice in Chains at this point, but I'd never heard any Pantera at all, not even Walk. Because you have to understand, in the mid-90s, there wasn't this mentality of, this is a classic band. Because they weren't yet, right? And if you weren't into that scene, they weren't on MTV, they weren't on the radio. And I went to Catholic school. Like, everybody liked rap and R&B. One other kid liked Metallica. And and he did, that was it. He didn't like Megadeth, he didn't like anything but Metallica. So... I had no exposure to Pantera at all, and they became one of my all-time favorite bands. And 
that was that's the most important thing to take away from the mixtape is it exposed me to Pantera and it was sort of like a starting off point too because he didn't throw anything from Far Beyond Driven on there which had been out and was huge at at the time he gave me the mixtape it was probably still on the charts somewhere there's nothing from there like he wanted to he had an idea about Pantera I need to start him with this and this and there was only a handful of Vi songs and one Joe Satriani song. So I think the Pantera was the most important part of his mission with this mixtape. The Joe Satriani song is Always With Me, Always With You, which is one of his more popular songs. It's a ballad. It's really melodic. And I think it's on here for a couple reasons. I, I believe, I'm not positive, but I believe I had told Tony that I heard of Joe Satriani because he gave Kirk Hammett guitar lessons, and I read about him in an interview. And he liked Joe Satriani, but he really liked Steve Vai. And I think he put this song on there because it's really good, and it's sort of not boring, some of Joe Satriani's other songs can be a little boring, but but it's it's super important because even though this is the lone Joe Satriani song, I was more into Joe Satriani for a while. I was more into him than Steve Vai because it was more accessible to me as a guitarist. Like I could sort of try and play his stuff easier than I could Steve Vai. And it just was musically more accessible. It was more straightforward rock songs with a melody. So I heard that, and then I got the album that's on, which is Surfing with the Alien. And I listened to that album all the way through, over and over and over. So even though it's the lone Joe Satriani song, it's very important. Because that album, there's a lot of modal stuff. I won't get too wonky into the music theory. But there's a lot of stuff that, once you get into Joe Satriani, you can sort of hear things like, Oh, this is what Lydian sounds like, or Phrygian, or... And like. He's sort of more overt with, we're playing in this mode now. So it's easier to sort of pick up what he's doing. And he's got a really tasty sense of melody. So it's important that that Satch song is on there. But he he didn't think as highly of Satch as he did of Steve Vai. What do you think about Steve Vai? I think Steve Vai is amazing. He's Steve Vai is, if we're talking about, like, if we can generalize it into rock guitar, he's probably, like, the best rock guitar player because he can play anything he can play when he for example when Steve Vai got the job for the David Lee Roth band they would play jump in concert and the keyboard solo he would just play it on guitar he would just sweep that part he would play all that on guitar and it's like man oh shit Eddie doesn't do that damn like he he can do anything and he's super disciplined and he's he had a very regimented practice schedule and i think it's good for budding guitar players to listen to someone like that who's like like learn your postulates like he learn your theory learn how to read music it's going to open doors for you and do the work and practice hard and so that was impactful as well and he's he's just a really good guitar player but he's sort of more concepty you know like, Passionate Warfare is, like, almost 
should be listened to all the way through type of thing. Whereas, whereas Joe Satriani was like every man's shred guitarist. The Bruce Springsteen of shred guitar. Yeah, he's the yeah Joe Satriani is the Bruce Springsteen of shred guitar. <laughs> It ended up being way better than I could have ever imagined on that car ride with my dad. 
this guy and his and his sort of immediate family, they got me for like on a on a level that these other people in her family didn't. You know, like they weren't really into Star Wars and music and all that stuff like like Tony and, and his family was and and I still you know, I try and keep in contact with them to this day. My dad and, and her are long been split up. But those, I feel like those people are still part of my family. And that's just the beginning of, of my understanding of, of the word family and how it doesn't really fit anything normal. I know it's not a, it's, it's not a mixtape that where it's like you got it from a significant other so there's a theme. And it's not very eclectic. We're talking about four artists. But it changed... It, let's forget about the music part of it. It changed what I thought about people. Because why would you, like, I, I, th- I put it this way, like, I can't think of some young guitar player that I know where I'd want to sit there and, like, go through this process of making this mixtape. And back then, I wasn't, like, coal mining. But you had to have all the CDs and have your tape in and get it started at the right spot. Play the whole CD in real time, you know, record it, pause it, switch track. Like, you had to do some work. Like, it probably took him a few hours to make this. And I was like, wow, this guy really wants to help me on this musical journey. And he has no reason to. You know, I wasn't paying him for lessons or anything like that. He just did it because he thought it was a nice thing to do. So, make a mixtape for someone to be a nice person. You've been listening to Blank Cassette, a Nerdalogs production. All the music you just heard has been presented for critical and historical purposes only. If you liked what you listened to, check out full songs via our Spotify playlist or buy the songs on iTunes. Supporting the arts is the best. If you'd like to hear some bonus material that didn't make the final edit, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash nerdalogs. And for more information on the Nerdalogs and our shows, go to www.nerdalogs.com. tell the story can you just say uh say your name and what what this is that we're listening to i'm jim snedeker jr and you're listening to what's it called
I don't. You didn't give me a title. Oh, the title that I think meant of the podcast. Oh, no. Okay, you're listening to WLUP. Yeah, that's what I thought you wanted yeah. me to do. Like you're listening to Mad Cow's Madhouse. Yeah.